Yo, what's up? Hey, this is your host, Tsunami. I am here with my friend, Crystal Hart. <laughs> All right. That's me. All right. What's going on? How you feeling today? What's up? I'm good. I um, had a nice day here at the Hub on Broadway. It's a beautiful day out. Yeah, yeah. We love the Hub. Yeah, we had a lot of friendly neighbors coming today, so Dude, I'm feeling good. Hold on. That little girl that just came in. Oh, so beautiful. Homeschool knows how to bake. Mm-hmm. Like juices. Did you see her watching you as soon as you picked up the guitar? Yeah. She was like studying. She like, and then she went to the yeah. monitor and she's like, she was like, okay, I see what's, I see what's going on. And then she's like, okay, I'm gonna book it for seven on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So today we are here. Uh, we're doing this lovely podcast. This is so exciting. Yeah, this is collective language. We did something like this before. Like this, the spiritual predecessor yeah, of this project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I named the collective language before, um, so I think this is just like a reinstallment or a reawakening. Of, yeah, or a, um, and and the story continues <laughs> next right. week or whatever. Like an yeah. old, old fairy tale. So, I mean, you're Crystal, right? Yes, uh, my name is Crystal Hart. Yeah, and I use she her pronouns. In and out of track. Okay. And I use that name. And, in and out of track. And where did where did Crystal Heart come from? Like, like what's what's the name? What's the story behind it? I'm curious. Sure. I mean, um, science may never know. <laughs> um, right. There's many theories. No. Um, <laughs> honestly, like the name, the inspiration came from My Little Pony. Oh my god. And I could actually give a TED talk about the philosophy behind this, but, (laughs) you know, that was my favorite thing as a kid. And they had this, like, new cartoon that came out um, that caused this, like, whole ruckus, you know? I remember. Because it was, like, bronies and, like, men (laughs) like this cartoon and how outrageous is that or whatever. That was fire. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... The fuck I wanted in My Little Pony. Yeah, like, well, I have my, some. I, yeah. Do you want to play ponies after this? Yeah. We could, we could do that. I'll teach yeah. you how to braid. It's right, us. Bet. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, you know, you're thinking of names, and you just and I was just watching this cartoon one day, and they talk about the crystal heart, and it's like in mm. in Equestria, there is a secret land called something about crystals <laughs> and the, the crystal ponies right live in the crystal palace what? and inside what? the crystal palace is the crystal heart and this is their most precious item in the crystal palace because it has all the power of their whole community so when they need to gather their magic as I'm the crystal the ponies right now. they have a, a conduit source so to me it was actually like that was a really beautiful message about community and how the queer community like wow. comes together, wow. like you know, and protects itself. Wow. Um, but I also just really liked the ring of it. It's like kind of a stripper name, <laughs> kind of a reporter name. Right. Like it's like Lois Lane, Crystal Hart, yeah, yeah, Brenda yeah. Star, reporter. Um, and I did want a name that was like a name because I I don't know. I just didn't want to be like toilet. Right. Brush or like right. head of lettuce or something. Or you could you could be like a rapper, low toilet brush. You know, <laughs> yeah. Young, yeah, young yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, life is long. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So okay. But yeah, so that was my that I and I chose it as my drag name just to be like super uh, clear. So when you okay, start drag, okay. you kind of like you're creating. Well, 
you could put it a lot of ways, but you're birthing a new version of yourself or creating yeah. a new character. So the name choosing is an important thing. I was going to say, it's, it's kind of amazing because, like, that that is who you are. Like, I, I met you as Crystal. I didn't know any other version of you. It's mm-hmm. just like, you are Crystal. But like this is so you're, great to hear. But Thank you're you. not just a, a drag artist. Like what? What all? Do That's you cool do? though. And it's like at, at that time when we met, because we met when I started volunteering here. Yeah, it yeah, was like yeah. that was a moment of awakening for me. That happened kind of quickly working here because I introduced you guys to myself as Crystal, um, and it was one of the first. No, it was like the first yeah, safe well, space yeah. outside of a gay bar that I felt I had full license to do that, and that my creativity and my true self were equally valuable to everyone else in the space. So, like, our group like um, really offered a lot of affirmation to me as an artist and allowed me to like expand what Crystal meant, even though I knew in my heart that that is who I was, and I never looked at. And some artists do, like, create a character that they kind of, like, play. I never looked at it as that. Yeah. It was a, a side of myself that I didn't show yeah. until then. It was, it was kind of, like, like um, a little bit suppressed. Yes, way. 100%. I call myself a late bloomer, like, a, wow. a, in regards to that and in all kinds of walks of life. And that's a common thing with queer people because we don't come to our true self in youth because we're taught shame really early. Yeah. So that doesn't get unpacked until much later. And then that fed into my creativity. Like I worked behind the scenes in theater. I just had a 10 year career I'm really proud of, but I ultimately like chose drag over that. And um, it was because of like choosing myself first, you know, instead of like, but honestly, you deserve hiding it. myself. Thank you. You deserve an Oscar because <laughs> you're a phenomenal actor. Y'all, y'all, ah! you need, you, y'all listening. You really need to come see, Crystal's performance is like this, this shit is great. Oh, thank you. Hey, um, I'm just being me. So what? So where where are you f- from? Truly, I know you're an Earthling. Thank you. That is <laughs> or, our, or our primary home. Is Earth? <laughs> um, no, but I'm a New Yorker. I'm from Long Island. Long Island. So I'm a New Yorker, depending on who you ask. All right. You but my my Yorker. mom is from Queens, and my dad is from the Sorch. The South Shore. Okay. Um, and I grew up on Long Island, which is not New York City by any type of means. It, and I'm from a small town, so it's really, like, really suburban, really little boxes, really white, really straight. <laughs> I never was comfortable, you know? And wow. I think it's, if, you know, sorry, my family, I love you. But, like, I think it's a hard thing even now for them to, like, and us to reconcile. Yeah. But, because then that being said, I'm fortunate. My family was always pretty accepting of me like you know you still have to come out and like deal with that process um but i you know i'm over it i just don't have any reason to go back (laughs) how do you feel like that influenced like the the way you like experience life now yeah i mean it certainly like is the root cause of all that late blooming stuff Mm. you know and like even something like that started with little ponies like i had ponies because i wasn't allowed dolls so like that's like a heteronormative thing and my parents did that to protect me. That like that was the best they thought they could do. You know what I mean? Like, and they got me a like a bajillion ponies. I had the I had the palace. I had everything. Um, I love that. But like you know, bit by bit, growing up in such a homogenous like environment and not seeing myself reflected anywhere, it like did chip away at my confidence. Mm. Um, I think things that other like people with privilege like take for granted. You know, so yeah. I was also fortunate 
that I had good friends because I'm so charming and I had good teachers because I'm so smart. <laughs> but I was supported like right at the right time at the end of high school to like go to art school. And that's when I really like kind of started unpacking myself a little bit more. The more you speak, the more I'm like getting chills. I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, <clears throat> thanks. Thanks. It's so cool. Because yeah. our experiences, you're a New Yorker too, and our experiences are wildly different. But we often have moments where we're like, yeah, no, no, it's it's wildly different. But like the universe does this funny thing where like it's wildly similar. Yep. Like we always talk about like performative acting and and just like how like you want more, but you can't like settle for less. But like people try to like kind of count you out, and like they don't they don't give you what you deserve. You know, it's it's. It's really interesting, but even beyond like the performative act, I think like we just kind of resonate with each other a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I there see, is a connection. Like, we're we're hard ass workers, like, and we just we just want to like be okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, <laughs> like, and like strive for honesty and creativity and feeling good with the people we love. It's yeah. like kind of simple. It really is. Like, it it, it, it shouldn't be difficult. <laughs> and and. Yeah, I just, you know, the more art I make and I'm like really fortunate that I've done it my whole life, like the more I believe that. It's like, it's kind of like our mission, you know, like these things are missing from people like me, like, you know, and other people. We forget how to activate it. So that's like what we do as artists here at the Hub. Yeah. So wait, so was was drag the, um, the initial kind of medium of art you you came upon or what like oh no 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 no. yeah yeah. tell me how you got there i mean i definitely it was the first medium that i felt like this is my medium this is what i do Mm -hmm. maybe not the first because it was like i went to theater school yeah but even in theater school i like wanted to do everything like i was still and i I, none of my mentors like really guided me to what i was supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. or what would be best for me um and before that, I was, like, in dance class, in art class, in the play, in mm. music theory, in student you, council. Yeah, and literally like, you just I was you just t- trying everything <laughs> and not, not really identifying with anything, yeah. but identifying with that journey, you know? And so, the like, after I got out of theater school, I was like, well, I'll just, like, make art and theater, like, and then along the way, I'll figure it out. So I've been, like, a student of life, like, and I think that's what it means to be an artist yeah. also. Like, you're always asking questions. You're, you're that way, especially with sound. Yeah. You're always looking for a new sound or character to portray or mm-hmm. direction to, like, go all the way to. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but drag was, like, I never had... Once I performed that very first time at an open stage, like, it was, like... I, I was doing that. Like, I, I had to. I got, like, obsessed, you when, know? When was that? When was... So that was... This pandemic screwed me up, man. It was, like, six years ago. So... Wow. I think. Six or seven. I'm going to say... It was ten years ago. I've been doing drag <laughs> for 25 years. 25? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, like, seven... Six or seven years ago. Wow. Okay. No, that's... that. I mean... Which is crazy. Yeah. 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 I, I'm. Jesus. I'm 37. I started when I was 31. Wow. Do you like with, with queens who were 16 in the same bars that I am? Because wow. that was on YouTube now. So it was like that was a, another part of my like late blooming journey, and I'm not traumatized at all. Is so? Is there a specific reason that you felt called to do it, 
or like was it was it kind of like someone was like you should do this like you need to oh yeah no that was me that express. was my my own voice mm-hmm. yeah because i guess it was a two-step process well yeah because what happened was i was doing theater and had its ups and downs as anybody in entertainment knows it's like very difficult and very competitive and you have to commit a lot and i was doing actually the best show of my life was the last one i did um before i started drag it was a magic show called in and of itself i remember oh my yeah, yeah now yes, now yes. available on netflix <laughs> um but with like a world-class artist his name is derek delgadio he's like one of the best illusionists in the world like if you see a card trick in a movie he like probably designed it yeah. like um so this is like a, a world-class artist and my mentor was stage managing the show mm-hmm. and so she brought me in as a substitute and this was a very high pressure job you know and by the show ran for two years and by the end of the run i had covered for like six different pe- i was like derek's like assistant like wow. so it was like the most intensive kind of theater work i ever did and for me and maybe my mentor and my mentor was exhausted in every way every day for two years on that show like and i just is from everything i learned and take from her like i didn't that was the most important thing was to kind of not end up that way you know so i i was inspired by the show drag race there's this little tv show about drag (laughs) just a a i don't know if you heard about it rupaul (laughs) um but I was inspired by that. I was like a, a living artist in New York City. And I just felt like it was my moment. Like if I didn't do it now, I wasn't ever going to give that. It was my chance, you know. And drag was particularly appealing to remedy all of those problems. Because in management and production, anything behind the scenes, it's really thankless. Like even the union positions like are really demanding. Um it's hard to make real connection and like get back what you put in because right. productions end, you know, and, and then it's just your discard. The creatives move on yeah. and they thank you on closing night mm-hmm. and you know, and then you don't hear from, I mean, I, I've worked in theater for almost 12 years and I only have two like lifelong friends from it. Wow. And even during that time, I never made the queer friends that I made in drag and that was theater. I only had one queer friend in New York City theater. Wow. That was like a, a, of course there were other queer people around, but, um, so that like position in the wings, in the back, Mm. um, and taking on other people's stress, I was not going to be sustainable for me. Wow. Um, so doing like kooky drag that I got to make every choice at in some shitty gay bar and pick up dollar bills off the dirty floor was much more liberating and I knew I needed that. Yeah, so because it, it's your your own thing. Yeah, and I had been yeah. behind the scenes for ten years. So I was really like not feeling super confident about it either, but I felt motivated, you know. And then you do it once and you're like, let's go. <laughs> and then I was kind of like obsessed with like figuring it out for yeah. like the first two two, three years. You know? Wow. Because <laughs> some it's, queens are like amazing dancers or they yeah. have a talent and it just like are a comedian and they can like tap into it. Yeah. And they like know what they're doing and they don't have to question it. I was like I said, like a student of life, like I've been questioning it the whole time. Um but now I'm just like Crystal Hart. Wow. Director of events at Collective so Focus. Having that background and like understanding a bit more about like where you come from and how you came to be. I wonder, like, I guess, how does your community play a part in 
what you are creating or how you how you create mm-hmm. that's a good question i mean it's like because what all right, all right wait hold on let me let me just say sure I'm, I'm speaking of your community like in two different ways so like your community socially so like who you surround yourself with like like my circle yeah you're you're very intimate oh, okay okay you're a very intimate circle and then i can I kind of also am curious about like your community as in how you grew up if that community is still supportive of you if they if they have helped you grow even in even in ways that have you know not necessarily sure, been so positive sure. but yeah I'm 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 sorry I'm just curious I I'm No like, it's like <laughs> it's a, a it's provocative and it's like a uh I'm a, you know, lost in thought about it a little bit because it's so provocative because essentially it's like everything I think as like, especially as a performance artist, it's like your audience. Like if, if it doesn't come clear to your audience, you might as well not have done it. It's like Mm. you, you need, you know, there's like an empty space and your audience, that's like all you need to perform. So, and that was something that I tapped into drag, like kind of really quickly, which is a lot more intimate than formal theater in New York City, even off Broadway or in these smaller theaters. You go in, somebody gives you your playbill. You politely make your way to your seat. You sit down, you're quiet for an hour and a half. You pay attention to the actors and then you applaud when they tell you to. So it's like, and you never cross the stage line. In the bar, we're all together, and like yeah, drag queens you, hang right, out together, face. and there is this like mm-hmm. element of hosting the event, yeah. being around. You know, you represent the bar, you're the face of the event, and it's also an opportunity to get to know people that you're gonna make this art for and with. You know, mm-hmm. so I always, almost immediately, saw drag as a conduit for the expression of my audience. You know, which is like disenfranchised queer people in Brooklyn who are really intersectional and really poor um, in a lot of different, often at least. Um, and they just like need to feel good about themselves. Yeah. So it's not about ego, like I'm the best. It's Oof. like we, we are. And if I can do that, they can do that. So I always looked at it that way. And then you bring your unique like gifts. So the community, my community becomes like a mirror to myself, you know. Wow. Yeah. No, I. You honestly, said that to me once, so. Ooh, that's that's a that's a hot take because I, I believe like any art you do is 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 really just reflective, you know. Like it's like you are, uh, it's like a version of yourself you're putting out to show people, but then like it's like kind of what you see in those yep. other people that like you're experiencing right. life with. It, yep. it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. In journalism, they like talk about like swing, like every story has a swing to it or a spin. I'm like using spin. terms I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you can spin and swing and dip. No, um, but like, even if you try to be neutral, you can't because it's coming from you. Right. But that's yeah. not like, that doesn't have to be a hindrance. It could actually be really beautiful. You're yeah, making something, something that only, only you, yeah. but it will go out there to someone. Mm. I mean, like I'm not just dancing queen. Like I'm not maybe the most universal, like at shows, like I'm not the one that everybody's going <laughs> and like throwing money at, but yeah. like sometimes they do, <laughs> but and it always happens. Like there's always somebody who gets it. And I've get, received so many beautiful compliments like, oh, Crystal, I love your song choice. Or like that one moment meant everything to me. Or like just getting handed a hundred dollar bill, even though like nobody liked the number other than that person, wow. you know? So wow. 
being true to yourself is like always the key to success, I think. Yeah. All right, all right. I know, I know I got a little deep here. I got a little deep, but I, I kind of, I, I want to look at like the other side of things. So like you cool. have, you have this very upfront, forward, outward side that you show, right? But then there's like the other side of being an artist, like the very things that you consume and like the, the, the things people don't see, right? And like, right, I'm, especially in this age with yeah. social media and having to sell yourself so hard. It's like you, the, oh the version God. of yourself that you sell, oh and then it's the worst, it's the, the, the worst. real you that has to make that. I've, That's I've, faker than the drag character. Yeah, no, no, it is. I've I've literally been saying like, artists, we can't we can't just be artists anymore. We have to be content creators, right? And that and, is, you know, the economy's fault. There's a there's a side of artists that we don't see and like I think I think there's different cultures and different mediums of art. So what is what what is your community's relationship to like health, like some eating habits or like some some like um exercise habits, like mental and emotional and spiritual habits. Right. So like you know? right. Oh man, I don't even think there's any of that in the. Well, maybe that's changing a little bit, but maybe that's also part of growing up. But it's not re really readily apparent, like that art or your job, whatever it is, or your passion or whatever it is, can also align with your health, like mentally, mm. physically, and economically, you know? Um, or enhance the other, you know? Like a lot of my life, the narrative from people who are trying to support me are like um is often are you sure you still want to do this mm. why don't you think about going back to school have you ever considered being a nurse yeah have you ever considered that i could be successful <laughs> have you ever considered that your version of success is not useful for me you know and yeah. that was like a trouble that i had in art school and why i didn't discover myself until later in drag it was because even in art school where they were teaching us how to be artists they were teaching how to be the artist they think we should be. Right. And that's great because I learned a lot about the theater business and how to tell stories. Yeah. But I didn't learn a lot about my own perspective, you know. And Oof. so drag was like the first big step that I like actually made time to make my own perspective, you know. Yeah. And then work with Collective Focus was showed me the value of that perspective, that it didn't have to be just important to me or queer people. It could actually make change my perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, and then once you start enacting stuff like that, you see it in others. And that's like what, what I mean about the mirror. And that's the biggest joy I get out of making things is when we, we do it, we get to do it together, you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, you know, because I, I, I know, like, as as a musician, it's always like, you know, kind of like grind or starve, but like, it, no, it's like it's like no, you, you grind and starve, <laughs> you know, like my my <laughs> right. my relationship to health has always been so interesting. Like, I, I'm like I don't I don't like have a uh, a super specific eating schedule like i don't have good eating habits right and like and, and that's not because it's cool to be a, 
a starving artist. It's no. not an aspiration <laughs> that you aspire to as a young black man in New York City. Come on. That is because you didn't have any other choice. Literally. And it's also because society doesn't make enough room for you because yeah. we don't have enough sensitivity towards art or education or each other. So it's extra work for the artist. Yeah. It's because of these societal problems. But this is the good thing is that artists can also fix that. You yeah. know, and we can support each other, and we can support each other yeah. while we do it. Yeah, and are are we all gonna be Michelangelo? No, <laughs> you know, but like, he had his people around him too mm -hmm. that were themselves that allowed him to be. Yeah, so we're all part of that, and that like you know, has been the kind of profound thing about collective focus for me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I used to get really hung up on like my identity as a drag queen, like. Like, I didn't want anybody who knew me from drag to call me by my other name, even when I didn't make that conscious choice. Mm -hmm. I, or I would never go to certain bars out of drag because I only wanted those people, you know, even my content was like, you would never see, I would only put pictures of myself in drag, right? Mm. Um, and in that way, I like limited myself, you know? Drag is just like one part of like this bigger yeah. thing, you know, and, and until I saw like what it could do in a context such as what we do here, I didn't like, I wouldn't have realized that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where people get trapped in their like little environments in, or in jobs and stuff, you know? Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, brought up, I brought up that question about wellness because I, I do feel like accessibility is like the, the, the thing that's very limiting and we don't have access to like a good therapist right? right like you have to come out of pocket and pay like a lot for a mm -hmm. session to session for a good therapist you know and like even and you're also also trying to pay for your teeth or whatever <laughs> accident you had if, unfortunately or god forbid diabetes or yeah. cancer these really expensive expensive things is it normalized to to just be unhealthy to like live in these unhealthy patterns for yeah i think it's um yeah i think i know what you're saying and yeah. i think it is and it's also normalized to deny how unhealthy those practices are you know working 60 hours a week getting no vacation time going right out of having a baby mm. going to go back to work you know saying yes to every job just because you can never raising your prices these are practices that are capitalist values that we're all taught and we're in this atmosphere of all the time pull yourself up by the bootstraps work harder take another shift those are our concerns and we're not that's what value does money have at that point you know right. so it's simple you can't take it with you you, cannot take you know it. and i've i am lucky i've always got to be an artist and i've primarily worked in art i've never had a lot of money and i've always considered myself successful with that being said i i, I think my my last question here would just be like, are you doing anything to change that narrative? Like, how do you feel like you're working to to help your community of like other queer artists to like see like, hey, is, you can be healthy. You can get a little bit better. You know, there is a better way to live and still pursue the very thing. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, I think the number one thing that I do for that is to exist, you know, and to just live by example. And I, I get to do that on stage for people and maybe talk about it a little bit. So 
that helps get it out. But I think that's just like important for everyone who's an artist or not in any kind of way. It's your existence is meaningful to someone, you know, and we we all have bad days in this and that, but like we are all part of like a grander um, organism that is happening here. We all have an important role to do, you know, so you don't have to have goals or grand ambitions or figure anything out. You kind of like have to be, you know, and the simple work that we do in this group is really kind of what helped me stop always looking towards the future and just like be here now. My voice is important now. My contribution is important right now, you know, and with food work, it's like really apparent, right? When like you're giving people food from my hand to yours and you waited for this in the cold and I'm cold too. That's undeniable, right? Like if I wasn't here, this would be a problem. Yeah. If you can extend that self to your creativity and your true self, stuff starts to fall into place and it doesn't make it easy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's actually, I think we're, you know, we're tortured in some ways as artists, not again, because it's sexy or whatever. (laughs) Like, because once you start asking those questions, really, you realize how many more there are. And that work is not easy. You know, we're all kind of damaged in a certain way by this environment. Um, But I've also never believed before as strongly that I could survive it, you know. Mm. And then that gives you passion to, like, help others. So some of the things that I do to kind of use my art to put that out in the world more actively is, like, feature other artists at my drag shows mm-hmm. and instead of I've, I've putting that yeah you're <laughs> one of them and rohan the red yeah. wizard our teammate um and kind of countless other people who just inspire me yeah even if i don't have a performance slot for them i say come sell your stuff i'm going to introduce mm-hmm. you we're going to do an interview i'm going to tell everybody in this room about you <laughs> and that is good for my friend and that is good for everybody in the room to hear this message of like oh yeah I have like my life going on but I'm around all this other beautiful stuff all the time and I'm a part of that you know Mm. even at Mm. these little venues or the park like Maria Hernandez where you see families together playing in the summer I love that and we're uniquely gifted in New York City to be around so many different people so that's what I mean about being like be together and that's like I think what we try to create space like that at the hub every time we get together yeah it really has been a profound (laughs) experience you know and for our first year i was like desperately trying to like bring my drag into this or like that was my whole like because it was so separate and like it just felt that way like because drag was so specific and precious to me like and i just realized kind of recently that like i'm like oh i did that i'm doing that now i'm like like, you just, by you existing, yeah. it already happens. Yeah, and I, I, I don't feel like it's two different things. I feel like I'm doing community work in drag or out, and sometimes I talk about collective focus when I'm in drag, and sometimes I'm in, in drag for collective focus, and right. people know me for both, and it's right. happening. I don't have to, like, sling drinks five nights a week, you know? Yes. And I love yes. all my bar friends, yes. but, like, we deserve to exist outside of bars. Yes, yes. You know, everyone, so... I, I feel like every everything you just said, and I mean, in the last like half hour, you you just you, you just <laughs> em, embodied the the very the very words 
of of this entity, right? The collective, the collective language, yeah, yeah, that that we all need to like embody, like helping each other, understanding we are here for each other, that we can exist together in this in this gigantic organism. Yeah, you know. And it's like we're it's a great title actually because we're doing it through language right now. We're talking it out, which even though we see each other very often, we don't often yeah, put it to yeah, words, yeah. right? But I think the the moral is our collective language is not a language of words. It's a language of actions. <sighs> so when we get together, it's when we create, it's when yeah. we do things. And that's that's really art. I mean, the second our meals are done, the food has been gathered and hunted, mm-hmm. you know, and the babies are asleep, What we're drawing on a cave wall or, you know, <laughs> like a, making a flute out of a reed or something. Yeah. It's like human nature. So, yeah. Uh, the burning bush. Yeah, yeah. Smoking the big burning mm-hmm. bush. The crystal heart. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but yeah. do you do you have any like uh, closing remarks? Any anything that you want to kind of drop? Any upcoming projects or events? You could catch me in Manhattan and Brooklyn. That's it though. Stand I, mean, I don't go. Stand above, no, nobody. <laughs> I actually think there is Dragon Island, but I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm and I don't there. go above 14th. <laughs> Um, no, but I'm actually um, at a venue called Online Skate okay. very often right now, and it's a great place to be because it's like totally inclusive. It's very stylish. No, it's not a skate rink, but it is a like 50s, 80s inspired retro space. Yeah. You, you were there, yeah. you know? Yeah, they have like the VHS tapes on the wall. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like neon lights and the disco yeah. ball, and it's it's just right. You can check out our Instagram page at Collective Focus Hub. Ooh. We have all kinds of events going on. Oh yeah, tell, tell them how to find you. Where's your where's Oh, your thank Instagram? you so very much. <laughs> My name is Crystal Hart. You can find me on Instagram at Crystal with a C. H-A-R-T Okay. Dot N-Y-C There we go. That's me, baby. Alright, Crystal. Thank you for talking with me. I know. Yeah, thank you for making some time. Yeah. And thank you for all the hard work that you're doing in the studio. I'm excited for the yeah. media projects that we're going to be putting out. Yeah, there's there's a lot in store. But again, this is Tsunami. I am your host today with Collective Language. I will catch you next week.